Welcome to Cut the Fluff, a space where we drop the small talk, peel back the curtains, and truly delve into what it is that makes us tick and what's keeping us up at night. You can expect honest, raw, and very vulnerable conversations. What's your story? What's your sign? It's like we're twin flames in a different life. Deep connection, lights a spark. It's like you know me in the depths of my heart. We're dreamers. Hey folks, and welcome back to episode five of Cut the Fluff. In today's episode, Annika and I will be discussing all things friendships, making friends as an adult, when you should consider leaving a friendship, how to leave a friendship gracefully, and the discomfort that comes with expanding as a person and then trying to fit back into places that you no longer fit into. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And as always, if you enjoy it, share it with a friend that you think might find it useful and hit the subscribe button. Hello, and welcome back to episode five. I always do that. I show double hands. Five of Cut the Fluff. And we want to be getting straight into it as always, because we like to cut out the small talk and get straight to the, the juicy bits. Annika, I understand that you've been mulling over something over this mm. last week that you want to kind of dissect and investigate a little further. So please, the floor is all yours. <laughs> yes. And I think the mulling is around the topic of adult friendships. There's a couple components to it that I want us to dive into and see where we get to. The idea of making friends, keeping friends, and knowing when to let go of friends. So I think is a, a framework to have a good juicy conversation around that. And I think as always, like our conversations are the best when the stuff that's going on in our lives is the stimulus to have a good old chat about it and sort it out. Okay. I think like a step back from all of that is the labeling around introverts versus extroverts. And I know in recent years, introverts have been given a bit of a platform and like there's been a bit of a breaking of the stigma of introverts being like these socially inept and socially anxious, awkward people, which they're not. There's been a real appreciation for you can be one or the other and you can actually be both in different contexts. But an introvert is really someone who I see as responding and showing up in the world by um, like harnessing their energy in a different way. Extroverts tend to expend the energy and that brings them alive. Introverts get their energy by harnessing their energy, their internal energy, and then being quite deliberate with how they show up. In our household, I'm very much the extrovert and I'm, it's the introvert. And I come in and I feel like I'm one of those, the things that they have out the front of the car sales that they're like, Woo! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whizzing in. yeah, I often feel like I'm that in social situations. <laughs> I, am, I love um, working a room and I do thrive in those types of environments. Not to say that I don't get my fair share of social anxiety either, which is quite fascinating as an extrovert. And I have found during this period, going back into events or between the lockdowns, I've found myself feeling like I have to work on my, my social skills again and then try and navigate that space since there's been such a downtime in that arena. So yeah, and then um, it's very much the one that will sit back 
scan the room, assess the room, and then will come in at the perfect time in a conversation and just drop an absolute stellar joke and will have the whole room laughing and just leaves this very sweet taste in everyone's mouth. So (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a good depiction of introvert, extrovert. So you are an extrovert. I think I am an, I think you can, you can show up as one. So the way the world sees you, but then there's the flip side to how you actually get your energy. Mm-hmm. So when you're trying to replenish and that can be the flip. So you could be an extrovert, but actually you, you fill up your cup by actually being alone, doing yoga, meditating, maybe just downtime with your partner, but no crazy socializing. Mm-hmm. I think I'm like, it's weird. My profession is extroverted. And if you saw me doing my craft, you'd be like, oh, she's like all, o- all over the, like she's too much talking, stop. But like the minute a workshop or session is finished, I don't want to talk to anyone. Like I'm so energetically spent. Like even after this podcast, I'm going to have to have a lie down. <laughs> yeah. Just to kind of recharge the batteries. I I think I'm very similar in nature when it comes to the recharge aspect of, yeah, having to like retreat in order to recharge to be able to then give when I actually am out in social situations. But then there's this like little trap that you kind of get yourself in, which is showing up in, I don't know if it's just based on extrovert or people pleasing or what this falls into, but ultimately if you've been showing up a certain way in social situations and then all of a sudden you realize that that's not serving you any longer and you start to shift um, just the way that you show up in the world a lot of people start to get really uncomfortable with that and I don't know if you've ever had any experiences with with that yourself yeah and I mean it's quite current because the reason this topic came about is because I think I see myself a certain way but it's not always the way that the world sees me. And just for context for listeners, I've recently moved back to Australia. I was in the US for almost nine years, even though it's my home turf. Like I grew up here. I went to school here. I went to uni here and I, I was working here before I left. It's still a little bit of a reverse culture shock. Like I was someone else when I, I was someone else when I left here and then I became someone else in the States and not to like be a charlatan and, you know, hide yourself. But I think we're constantly reinventing ourselves and trying on, you know, this theme that's been coming through our podcast is like the idea of different dresses. There's a season for a certain dress might be fast fashion and then you ditch it and you try something else on. And so I was that in the States and coming back here, it's not fitting the way it used to fit so now we've moved to a small town where I don't know anybody here besides my parents. And so here we are in the land of making adult friends in your mid thirties. And I've got two kids and, you know, it's like having a dog. It's quite an easy way to meet people. Mm -hmm. You send them out and you're like, they look cool. Come on, reel them in. And that has been really helpful and fruitful. And I've met, I've met a lot of people, but I'm in that weird limerick space of like oh I don't quite am I trying to be my former self like the Australian version of me versus like who I became and who I like really grew to love the qualities about myself that I want to continue to nurture but I'm like in this weird awkward space of I feel like an adolescent again 
where you're like trying to fit back into an old you that isn't you maybe is confusing for people and I and I've even had feedback from people like who wants social feedback but I've had social feedback on like um we, we find you quite reserved and intimidating and all these qualities that I would like hope in my heart that I'm not and it's always hard because I'm I'm biased I'm in my body and I only see the world through my eyes but I have worked really hard at making social situations feel less scary and and me feeling less awkward Mm. and what that looks like is I think I just made a vow with myself a few years ago of like I'm going to walk into a room and I'm going to be the girl that starts a conversation with someone. I'll find the person that is not, you know, engaged in the conversation and I'll reel them in kind of like a lassie um, sheepdog. Yeah. I want the underdog to feel included because maybe there's a part of me from my childhood that didn't feel included all the time. And I've become the person I hope where if you're in a room and like the facilitator says any questions, I'll put my hand up and risk looking like a dumbass to make other people feel comfortable and like they can speak up too. So that's what I'm striving for. And I hope I've become that, but I'm feeling like maybe I'm not that way here because naturally in a new situation, instead of what they're calling reserved air quotes, maybe that's reflective and like reading the room and like just taking a pause to take it all in. Yeah up there what are your thoughts uh do you feel like you're kind of dulling your sparkle out of fear that you might just come off as too much potentially yeah I'm like I'm having pep talks with myself I think a from moving home and b from what you said before like being in a pandemic where you go through these bouts of not seeing people like 2020 in California we didn't see anyone besides my sister and a few friends but like no big gatherings So the muscle of how to be like witty and charming and like always engaging, I think is weakened a little. Oh, I have to put, okay. I want to go down two paths here. One is exploring the idea of, okay, the individuals, I don't know, the the social feedback that you received was that you're reserved and you come off as intimidating, which I find really kind of the kind of polar, but anyway, but do, are you of the belief that um, we generally reflect our own insecurities onto um, someone? So the way that we perceive someone is generally based on, you know, the glasses that we've put on of the reality that we've built um, up in our own head. So yeah, there's that aspect. Perception is projection. Yeah. What you're perceiving about yourself, you're projecting and vice versa. Yeah. yeah. There's that aspect, but there's also the aspect of this idea that we need to put on a show in order to be accepted, find our space within the world rather than showing up authentically. And I think this is something that I have really toyed with over the last, you know, however many years of my life. But I'm also actually, I just realized as you were talking about your experience in the US, we kind of mirror each other in that sense of being away, expanding. So it's almost like the cocoon phase of a caterpillar gone over to the US, kind of expanded our horizons, our wings are flapping. And then we've returned back home into an environment where we were the caterpillar and still 
have our butterfly wings, but just trying to figure yeah. out how to keep our butterfly wings in a caterpillar environment. Like, yes, <laughs> we are the hungry caterpillar. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, and it sucks that we're a couple of states apart, my friend. I wish that we were there together. But um, that all aside, do you feel that when you show up in spaces, you're constantly second guessing what you're saying and you know how you might be perceived by others or do you find that you can lean into social situations quite easily and you know speak with people because you mentioned that you know you generally go for the individual that you might be seeing having a hard time um you know joining in on the conversation which is I think empaths have a real good sense of space and and those kind of dynamics in social situations but when it comes to we've discussed the idea of putting on masks do you feel yeah. like you're masking up or do you feel like in that time where you're in that space, you're in realizing in real time that, hey, I'm actually really not aligning with this, this, you know, scenario or this space. So I'm, yeah, I'm trying I, I to meld myself it. back into it. Totally. It's such a dance and I'm really aware of my behavior right now because I'm in the mode of like, gathering my friends and not to be like I'm just like as many as I can get in the bag but I really am going through a process of who are going to be my buddies for life like who are my who are my girls and I think since receiving that feedback which is still pretty fresh I was in a social situation yesterday and I definitely had it in the back of my mind of like don't be too reserved don't like come off as intimidating and which is the polar opposite to how I started um, approaching my social interactions here, which was like, yo, girl, you have been locked up for a long time. You were going to say too much, too fast. You just like leave space for people. Don't be too keen. Don't come off as desperate. <laughs> Even though I am like, I'm pretty fucking desperate for some mates here. I just want someone that aligns with me. <laughs> I do. And so I'm going to be real. Like it hurt my feelings to have that feedback because it's the antithesis of how I try and show up. And so the idea of like putting on masks, I want to talk about a specific event where maybe I was putting on a mask because I was trying to fit into a social situation that wasn't like giving me space to be who I am and be fully seen in and who I am and like be comfortable in my own skin, which I generally feel like I am. I don't feel like we need to audition or perform at this stage in our life to like compete for friendship. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, it was a situation where I walked in and, you know, they're all like a bunch of really close girlfriends, really special what they have. And I think a part of me was like, I miss that. I miss like, friends that know you so well that you can just be there. Like they're all half naked. They'd been at the beach. They were like not doled up, but they were balls deep in rosé. And I was like, I really want that. Like I want friendship like that. And the kids were in the other room, but they were so loud. And so I think probably most of them are quite extroverted. And even though I can show up in that space and I can turn it on, and I know I'll get exhausted and need a nap later. I just couldn't. Like there was no more space for me to be another voice in the room. And so in those situations, I like, I feel myself contracting and like shrinking a little and dulling down. And I, and it makes me cringe because I'm like, 
I'm not showing them who I am. Like, hopefully my friends see me as like quite chatty and quite witty and um, they're not getting any of that. And so what was it in that moment that kind of stopped you from showing up that way? Was it because the dynamic was different in regards to, you know, alcohol, no alcohol? Was it what they were discussing or was it you just didn't want to be part of that, that kind of um, conversation? What, what was it that you feel kind of threw you into that mode? Yeah, it's a good question because you're like, what was different about that? from other situations where you can like get it together. I just felt like I couldn't get it together. I couldn't get my engine moving and like my conversation skills felt like they had retracted. Mm. And I don't know whether I'd walked into an evening where they had just, you know, there was no, maybe there was no space for a new person in the room. And maybe, maybe that's on them too of like, there's, I think there's a duty when there's a new person coming to the group mm-hmm. to involve them, to take them on the journey of, of where you've been, where the conversation's at and include them. Yeah. You know, like I'm one against five or six of them. And I, I just think that's, that's a numbers game. And so maybe there was a bit of that and like, it wasn't gossipy, but, you know, they had their in jokes and their like, personal stories which I couldn't really relate to and I and I honestly was like playing more of a listening role and so maybe that was me in listening mode and trying to catch myself up and like read the room like who are these girls what are they about no judgment but like what what is I'm like trying to configure what's happening here yeah and I think in that moment maybe that was perceived by them as like who is this standoffish girl? She's come back from California, thinks she's better than us, um, like overly confident. I think in the silence, you're perceived as like, what I feel is like, I'm just comfy in my own skin. I don't need to prove anything to you. Can come off as like, you jerk. Like, don't it's come in here. Like, judgmental. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. And it's interesting that your realities are so different. So their perception of you and what you were actually internally kind of going through are totally different. And that's why I always say there's two to three sides of it, you know, for every story in that moment where you're kind of sitting back and can I just confirm whether the feedback surrounding um, how you show up, was that after this scenario or prior to so you went into this space with this in your head after after okay so this was feedback based on that scenario in that moment did you have a kind of an inkling of hey maybe this isn't where I want to be or these are the types of individuals that I want to be hanging out with it definitely struck a childhood chord of like oh I've been here when I was 14 years old of not feeling well received or wanted mm-hmm. and all the trauma around that of like oh but I want I want to prove to them that I I'm not who they think I am and like we can be friends and like force it and honestly like I'm not 13 14 anymore I'm 36 but I still notice the same reaction coming up of like but I want them to like me I want to like them. I want us to be buddies. I want to be one of the girls drinking rosé and talking shit and blah, blah, blah. Um, so 
at what point do you kind of perceive I don't know if you've been in the situation before but when do you perceive the right time to kind of make the judgment about walking away from whether it be new friendships old friendships wherever the friendship might be how do you generally make that judgment and what what kind of helps you go through the process yeah awesome question I think it's a feeling and it's knowing if you're being true to yourself or you're not. And are you shrinking in those situations to be less than, to fit in um, versus being that expansive self? And I think for me, it's it's a check-in. You just know I'm going to have to shrink a part of me to fit in with that, to be the version they want of me. Mm. And I won't sacrifice that. I just won't. I've come too far (laughs) halfway through, hopefully only a third through this life, but I want to, I would rather walk the path on my own and be true to myself than try and bend and flex to, you know, to fit in. And it's tough as well because the situation that you find yourself in is a new space where you're wanting to make new friends, but then also, you know, time is limited and, you know, there's so many factors that come into play that I have come to a point in my life where I find if I am, I like to refer to them as energy tickets. And I think I've used this analogy with you, Annika, previously is I only have a certain amount of tickets available. They go to work. They, you know, I distribute my tickets to work. I distribute my tickets to just living everyday life. And then the friendships and family aspect. And if I feel like I'm handing out a ticket and it's zapping my reserves. I then really always need to reassess where I'm actually handing that ticket. And it's not from the aspect of I need to gain something from someone or um, whether that be monetary experience. It's just, you know, that feeling. And I don't think, you know, you know, the feeling of you leave somewhere and you go, oh, that filled my cup that really filled my cup rather than the the drain that you or the dread that you might even feel going into the social situation and leaving it and I think that's a a really good time to reassess and I think it's also tricky as adults knowing how to go about that actually you know once you've once you've determined okay this friendship group is really not serving me anymore and I want to start distancing myself there's a couple of routes that can be taken and I don't know if you've personally had uh, experience with that that you would like to share or if you'd like me to go into that you go into that I've definitely got somewhere I know it's time to walk away and I have and I don't know if I've done it in the best way way (laughs) I've just closed the door on that but yeah, what are some tactful ways you've been able to do that and leave what I call the legacy friendships? You went to school together or you were besties in preschool and here you are in your mid-30s and you're like, I don't think we have anything in common. So there are a couple of routes that you can go down. There's one that is if the individual is receptive and open to a conversation, not about wanting to change them. So if I can provide an example is, hey, um, there's an individual that, constantly body shames themselves in my presence. And I find that quite triggering as an individual that's gone through um, body dysmorphia. I really struggle with having women shut themselves down and men, just anyone talk about their appearance in a negative way. And I, it doesn't come from a toxic positivity 
perspective, it comes from, I don't want to fuel those thoughts. And I, that's not a space that I would want to be operating from. So you have two tacks that you can go down. You can go if they're open to the discussion and speak about your feelings about the situation because someone can't attack your feelings rather than being like, you said this, you say this, say, I'm feeling this way. So I, Daniela, am really struggling and moving through a really difficult time with my body dysmorphia and my eating disorder. And I find it quite triggering when other people speak about their body in a negative manner. I would really love to hang out with you further. Um, are you open to not speaking about yourself in a negative manner around me and in my presence? And if so, then I'm happy to continue on and try this out. Otherwise, I do not like the idea of smoke bombing anyone or what is it called um, when you just Irish accent, just yeah, ghosting them. Because that leaves a scar on the other person. It really does. It leaves them second guessing themselves about what they've done, how, you know, why this person has just smoke bombed them. They've just disappeared out of their lives. There is, there is a fine art to it. I have not been in a scenario where, I've had to necessarily close down a friendship. I've had the scenario where I've had to discuss my stance on particular actions and words that they were speaking in my presence, which I addressed. And they then were a lot more mindful of it and were able to navigate the relationship a bit better. The other aspect is I have had instances where many friends have actually been quite intimidated by the shifts that they've seen in me and I've had people peel away from me and I've had it said to my face as well Danielle I don't this new version of you I don't know how to be your friend in this new version which is really wow. sad because I'm like I the essence of me hasn't changed maybe I don't choose to binge drink or party or whatever it is that I used to do but that's no longer serving me and that's a choice I've made for myself. And if you can't accept me, I'm accepting you for who you are. If you can't accept me in this new version of myself, then I'm sorry. We just, we're not on the same same kind of wavelength and that's totally fine. There is nothing wrong with that. Like there is nothing wrong with that. And yeah, that's kind of what my two wow. experiences Have you, I mean, that's pretty ballsy for someone to say that I mean I think that the general response if they found you too much your growth too expansive you're this you're that and like ultimately I think the root of that is jealousy you know and like a, a scarcity mindset at the end of the day of like what she has I can't have there's not enough to go around which is a I think that is the root. BS narrative that's the thing it's like totally you bind yourself to that narrative and I understand that socioeconomic impacts have you know affects an individual trajectory and mindset and there are so many things that come into play but at the end of the day we choose our struggle we choose our struggle and we choose the mentality that we wish to approach things at and whether that be the victim mentality or whether it be like, okay, this is the card that I've been dealt. This is really bloody hard and respecting that and appreciating that. But then what can I do? What's within my control to actually move forward? Totally. You get to own that. And I think rather than that being um, overwhelming, that's like, thank God we have the choices, you know, a choice to do nothing, a choice to do something or a choice to reject something. Is that right? Yes, no, yeah. or do nothing. Um, or stay, I, yeah, stay kind of. Stay there, stay there, stay, yeah, status quo. Yeah. 
I think for someone to say that to you though, you're too much, I'm walking away, is not the norm. I think most people probably would ghost out on you. you yep. just, they yep. wouldn't return your calls, you wouldn't hear from them and that would just fade away. So there is an element of like, wow, good on them for saying it. I think that's coming from a lack mentality. Wow, if we could have those kind of honest conversations with ourselves and each other, maybe we would just stop faffing about in the trenches with friendships and relationships that really don't serve us. Amen. And one thing that I also wanted to add was the fact that as you start to expand as an individual and start to see you know, the outer shells kind of coming off and maybe ties with old friendships falling apart, et cetera. It can feel really, really, really lonely. And to anyone out there that is in this space right now of trying to move into something that is serving them a space where they're hoping to flourish and probably not feeling the support of their peers or their friendship groups or whatever it is, and they're having to step away in order to see this change through for for themselves. I'm not going to deny the fact that it can get really bloody lonely, but just know that there are like-minded souls out there and just keep looking, keep looking, be open to it. And I kid you not, I can go to my journal. One of my things, one of my goals for 2021, which is the year that we're currently in, is I would really love aligned relationships in my life. And you showed up (laughs) and just being open to the experience as well. And I think knowing your own behavioral patterns, learning because I'm quite codependent, I had to sit with myself in the silence, the the solo-ness of, of the journey in order to understand my behaviors, my coping mechanisms, how I go about making friendships in order to then make friendships from empowered spaces rather than spaces of desperation. Yeah. And, and based on previous uh previous ways of functioning so whether that be people pleasing codependency um you can throw a couple into the mix if you feel but you know from from a lack mentality we we want to be making friendships from a space of possibilities rather than this kind of lack. absolutely and i'll second that that the space between who you were and even if you feel like you're still in the process of shedding old you to step into new you that is so uncomfortable and there's always a tendency. I think it's human nature to go back to what's comfortable (laughs) old self and how people can relate to us. And we know ourselves in those old tendencies and habits and like better the devil, you know, than the devil you don't kind of thing. Yeah. But I think if you just like one foot in front of the other and you can hold a vision of future you and, you know, take deliberate action toward that and, 100% stepping out of the scarcity and the like there's no friends here for me um like in in my own life I've stepped back and gone I don't need to chase this I'm not performing I'm not auditioning and like a real pep talk with myself of like you do not need to be desperate and doing almost like a stock take of how many beautiful friendships I have right now and I will say I think it is true that you count your good, good friends on, on one hand. 
Mm-hmm. I count you as one, Dan. You're late to the, no, late you, to the game. You belong, you belong in one of the five as well. <laughs> well. I've heard it said like your life raft, like if you floated out to sea and you were trapped on a life raft, who would the five people that you'd want be? And we don't need hundreds and hundreds of friends or followers or any of that to fill your cup. So I think remembering that you don't need to be the life of the party and the one who's invited to everything, don't need that. And um, so appreciate, appreciating the friends that you do have and also, yeah, letting go of the ones that aren't serving and knowing that you're just making space for the right ones to come through. You're regaining your energy tickets, pulling back those energy tickets back in towards yourself. So wealthy. And them <laughs> to someone that's worthy of them. So, yeah. And I think that's a good note to end on, my friend. What do you feel? Because yeah. we're trying to keep these short and sweet, but Absolutely. like a commute's worth. If yeah, still commute, commute worth podcast. And um, yeah, I hope that uh, anyone out there in the market for friends feels like they can resonate with aspects of this conversation. <laughs> and, and to have a conversation with us too. Mm, absolutely. Reach out, yeah, mate. What do you say? <laughs> Drop a comment. (laughs) Drop a comment down below. (laughs) (laughs) Subscribe and send to a mate who might feel like they'll resonate. (laughs) Amen. Here she is wrapping it up for today. Thank you, Annika. (laughs) So Um, I think with that. Yep. We're signing off. We're signing off. See you next week. Bye, my friend.